Well, good morning. If you have a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I know some of you are thinking we just finished with the book of Luke. <clears throat> and we indeed did. <laughs> uh, but we are going to dip back into it just in one place here. We're actually going to look at quite a few verses this morning. Uh, we will throw most of the verses on the screen for you, but I would ask you to go ahead and please turn in your Bible um, to start here uh, to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We'll just read the first couple of verses here to get started. Let's pray here before we get going. So Father in heaven, we just quiet our hearts here for a second before you. Lord, your word tells us to to wait in silence before you. Father, we just live in in just an incredibly noisy world. Our minds are noisy, hearts are noisy, the world around us is, is so noisy. So I just pray, Father, now that you'd help us just in our hearts to be silent, to be quiet. Father, we do know that you you speak many, many times in a very still, a very, a very small whisper. But you're not, you're not many times in, in the, the, the din of the crowd, the large noises that you're quiet. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a spirit of peace, a dove. You whisper to our hearts and we do just separate some time here, Father, and look to you now in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And we just ask, Father, that you would cause your spirit to just speak to our hearts. Lord, your word says that the Holy Spirit, like wind, blows wherever he wishes. And I just look to you, Father, and just in humility ask, Lord God, that you would cause your Holy Spirit to just blow across this room. Father, I do know many things we will consider now are things that some of us have heard before. But Father, I wonder sometimes how how deep these things have actually sunk into our hearts. Father, you're the only one who can do that. Move it from our mind deep into our hearts. And I just look to you now, Father, and ask that you would do it in my heart. You do it in other people's hearts. That you would sink the truths of your words deeper and deeper into our souls and change us um, with these things this morning. Father, we are weak. I'm a weak man. Lord, I've prepared some thoughts here, but Lord, if you leave it in my hands, it will do nothing for anybody. I just acknowledge that and just pray, Lord Jesus, now that you would take it, that you would bless it, and you would distribute it for our eternal good. We just thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Last Sunday, I uh, started a sermon series on the subject of prayer. Prayer is absolutely critical for believers. Prayer is is absolutely critical for the, the health of local churches like this. All over the Bible, God, God gives us all kinds of encouragements. He gives us motivations to, to pray. And the prayers of believers are incredibly important. God, God carries out His plan on this earth through the prayers of His people. God has sovereignly ordained to carry out His eternal plan around the globe through the prayers of his people. And God will not accomplish his purposes on this earth apart from the prayers of his people. God works in this world in and through the prayers of believers. And and prayer is also a primary means of grace for believers. 
Prayer, prayer is one of the primary instruments or one of the primary avenues through which God supplies a believer with daily grace. As you pray as a believer, God fills you with more grace. God, God, God fills you more with the Holy Spirit. God empowers you more. God emboldens you more. God guides you. God convicts you as a believer in and through your prayers. Prayer is absolutely critical for believers. It's absolutely critical for local churches. And yet, a lot of Christians tend to neglect prayer to some degree or another. And a Christian, a Christian who neglects prayer to a great degree, listen, that Christian will be a weak Christian. And local churches that neglect prayer to a great degree, they will be weak churches. Does not matter how much you know, does not matter how much service you do for God, apart from prayer, you will be weak. And we will be weak as well. So we're focusing here for a few weeks on the subject of prayer. We looked just a little bit last Sunday at the importance of prayer, and today and next Sunday we're going to think a little bit about the way we should pray. Just thinking primarily about our attitude in prayer, our mindset in prayer. If we are supposed to pray as believers, how should we pray? How should we approach God in prayer? And how should we approach God as believers? Well, here it is in simple language. Jesus wants you to pray like a child. As a believer, as someone who trusts in Christ for forgiveness, you have to learn how to, how to pray like a child to a father. If you look there at Luke 11, 1, Luke says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Pause right there for a second. Jesus' original disciples, they saw Jesus, the eternal Son of God, praying all the time. Praying all the time, Jesus. Early in the morning, late at night, sometimes praying all night long. The disciples looked at Jesus praying all the time. They knew they didn't know how to pray like Jesus, so they asked him, will you please teach us how to pray? And listen, if you would like to know how to pray as a believer, I would encourage you to ask Jesus to help you too. I'd encourage you to do it this week. I'd encourage you to do it right now. Jesus, teach me how to pray. If you know in your heart that you do not pray, if you know in your heart that you don't know what you're doing when you do pray, ask Jesus right now, Lord Jesus, teach me to pray. I've actually been praying that for our entire church for the last several months. Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus is very gracious. He loves to answer that prayer. Jesus, will do it for you. So ask him, teach me to pray. The original disciples do. They asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and Jesus did it. Jesus goes on here in the book of Luke to give them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Just a very simple pattern for their own prayers. And near the end of this series on prayer, we will look quickly at the different parts of the Lord's Prayer. But all we're going to do today, and again next Sunday, is really just focus on the very first word of the Lord's prayer because the first word is absolutely critical when it comes to your prayer life as a Christian. If you stumble at that first word of the Lord's prayer, you will stumble in prayer throughout your Christian life. First word's vitally important. If you look at verse 2 again, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And Jesus responds with this. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. When you pray, disciples, say, Father. <laughs> and I know how it works with most Christians because this is how it worked with me for years. You just rush right past that word, Father. And you cannot, you cannot rush past that word, 
Father. The word is huge. If you mess it up, your prayer life will be messed up. You know, a lot of Christians today are very numb, very numb when, when it comes to that word, just kind of breeze past it, the word Father. You know when Jesus said that to his disciples there, when you pray, say Father? Do you know that would have been absolutely shocking to a first century Jew? That would have been shocking to anybody in the Bible up to this point. Nobody in the Bible up to this point in time ever addressed God directly as Father. Never. Until Jesus. And when Jesus came to this earth, he addressed God as Father all the time. That's what he said. Father, 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 Father. And it would have been shocking to a first century Jew to hear Jesus pray like that, almost blasphemous to most first century Jews. We know, however, why Jesus did it. Because Jesus is the eternal Son of God. The eternal God, he exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the eternal Son of God. From all eternity, Jesus had always addressed his Father as Father. And he got to earth and he continued to do it, calling God the Father, his Father. But man, you know what's crazy about this right here? What's shocking right here in the Lord's Prayer? It's not that Jesus is calling God the Father, Father. No, he's telling you to call God Father. Shocking for anybody to hear that. When, when you pray, disciples, say Father. Say Father. It's an incredibly important word. You know, I think a lot of Christians, they hear that. And they think, oh, you know, Jesus, he's just telling you to call God Father. That's it. When you go to prayer, address God as Father. Yep, I think that's part of it. And there's way more to it, I think. Because Jesus wasn't just telling us to address God as Father. No, I, I think Jesus is telling us there, when you approach God in prayer, approach him as your Father. Approach him as a little child going to your heavenly father. That's how you approach God in prayer. Pray to him, address him as father, but approach him as father. Man, why must we as disciples approach God as father? Well, because that's what our relationship is with God as someone who trusts in Christ. That's our relationship with God in Christ Jesus. For everyone who has a living faith in Christ, God is your father. And you you are his child. Let's just think. I just want to think for a minute with you about this father-child relationship that exists between a Christian and the one and only true God. You know, when you first enter this world, in, in, in your natural born state, when you first enter this world, God is not your father. And people try to say that he is. You know, God's just over all mankind. He's the father of all mankind. He is in some sense because he created us. But when you come into this world in your natural born state, he is not your spiritual father. The Bible says that Satan is. Jesus says this to a bunch of lost religious leaders in John 8, 44. If you go ahead and put that up, Connor. John 8, 44, Jesus says this to a bunch of lost religious leaders. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And that right there is every single human being in his or her natural born condition. You're a child of the devil. And as a child of the devil, you naturally carry out your father's sinful desires. When you come into this world, you are following the desires of of Satan. Man, but the good news is, here it is, you can be adopted. 
You, you can be adopted into a, 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 a much better family, adopted by a much better spiritual father, God. And God the Father can adopt you into his family simply because of Jesus. Jesus, the one and only eternal Son of God, came to earth. He took our sin upon himself on the cross, died on the cross, rose again to pay the full penalty for our sin. And because Jesus paid the price for our sin, God can now adopt you into his family. And all you need to do is repent and believe. You, 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 you repent, you, you turn away from your sin, you trust in and follow Christ in faith. And the second you do that, guess what? You've been adopted into God's family. God is now your father. You didn't do that. No, you, you, you don't get yourself adopted. You don't do that. God the Father pursues you in love when you're still a child of the devil. God, God gives you a new heart and gives you the ability to repent of your sin, to turn away from your sin. God gives you the gift of faith so you can embrace Jesus Christ and, and follow Christ. God draws you into his family and he adopts you in love. And man, the second that happens in your life, you have a new spiritual father. You are a child. Of the one and only God of this universe. And listen, that's how God wants you to view yourself now. That's how he wants you to, to view yourself that's how God wants you to understand your relationship with him. That is part of your new identity in Jesus Christ. You're a child of God. And God is your father forever. And man, listen, God wants to drive that new identity deep into your heart. <laughs> he wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are his child. He wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is your father. A perfect father in your life. Man, God all over the Bible He's just hammering home this point that he is your father if you trust in Christ and you are his child. He just hammers it home all over the Bible. Just look at some of these verses, all of these verses with this, this father-son or, or, or father-child language in them. Ephesians 1.4, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to believers here and he says, in love, God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will in Christ. You've been adopted. You're a son of God. Even if you're a daughter of God. Because <laughs> when Paul uses that word son there, I think Paul was probably thinking about the rights and the privileges of a firstborn son back in Bible times. It doesn't matter if you're a man or you're a woman. If you trusted Christ, you were adopted as a firstborn son. Meaning, you now have all of the rights and privileges of God's firstborn son. And you can step back and say that's impossible. All the rights and privileges of the firstborn go to Jesus. Yes, they do. But because you're united to Jesus by faith, Jesus now lets you share in all of his rights and privileges as the firstborn son of God. Or man, here's Galatians 4.4. 4. Listen to this, uh, the, 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 the father-child language again. Father-son language. Paul says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That's your new identity in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.26, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. What about John 1.12? But to all who did receive Jesus by faith, to all who believed in his name, God gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
How about 1 Corinthians 1.3? Paul opens almost all of his letters with something like this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Or 2 Thessalonians 2.16, Paul says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Or her, how about this one? First John 3, 1 John 3.1, one of my favorites. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And children of God we are through faith in Christ Jesus. And God is just trying to hammer that home to you, believer. If you trust in Christ Jesus today, you are a son, a daughter of Almighty God. You have all the rights and privileges of the one true God right now. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how you feel today. None of that matters. You're a child of God. A child of God. He loves you as his child. And man, listen, you, you, start to, you start to kind of mine into that father-child concept. And man, that, that can help you understand as a believer so many things about God. That can help you to understand God's heart towards you as a believer. Man, it can help you understand, for instance, God's compassion for you as a believer. If you, do, you, do you have trouble understanding God's compassion for you as, as a Christian? Think of a father with a child. Man, if you're a father here today, please just pause for a second and think of the compassion you have for your children. Now, it's not perfect. You're a sinner. So am I. My children know my compassion for them is not perfect, but my heart burns with compassion for my little kids. My heart burns with mercy for my little kids. And every father in here, you know, every mother, you know the way your heart burns with compassion for your child. You understand your, your little child's weaknesses, your, your little girl maybe, and, 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 and you're probably very tender towards your child's weaknesses. You want to help your child in her weaknesses. And listen, if that little child grows up and she sins against you a million different times in the same way, but she comes back to you and she sincerely asks you to forgive her, almost every father or mother in this room would forgive in a heartbeat. Incredibly compassionate towards our children. Most earthly fathers are. Some are not at all. Most, most are, I think. And man, that can help you understand your heavenly father's compassion for you as a believer. As a father for a child. Here's Psalm 103.13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. And the, the same kind of compassion, the same kind of pity, the same kind of mercy that you parents feel for your children, your Heavenly Father has the same for you, except your Heavenly Father's compassion for you is infinite. 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 Infinitely perfect compassion for you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your frailties. He knows your brokenness. And he's compassionate. He wants to help with your weaknesses, your frailties, your brokenness. And listen, if you were to sin against God a million times in the same way and truly repent, ask him to forgive you. He would forgive you in a heartbeat. Instantaneous infinite forgiveness for his children. Man, it helps you understand the compassion of God. Man, that father-child concept, it can also help you understand the generosity of God. 
towards you as a believer? You, you want to understand you, you don't really grasp God's generosity for you as, 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 as a believer? Think of a father with a child. You know, most earthly fathers love to give their kids good gifts. I do. Uh, I love to surprise my kids with gifts. It just frustrates me when they figure out the surprise. I love to surprise them because I love to see the response. I surprised my kids uh, when we were on vacation by taking them to a drive-in movie. It's the second time I've actually got them with this one. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, when, when they actually realized what was going on, absolute chaos in the back of the van. Screams of joy, uh, music and dancing, kill the fatty calf, <laughs> we're going. Going to a drive-in movie, man. And you know the phrase, it's my joy. Oh, it's my joy. It's my joy. I think I probably experienced more joy than they did by being able to give them that gift. And that can help you understand your Heavenly Father's generosity towards you like a father to a child. Matthew 7, 10. Jesus says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How much more? Infinitely more. If you know how to give good gifts to your children. (laughs) Infinitely more. God loves to give good gifts to you, his child. And man, you, you could go on from there. That, 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 that father-child concept, it can help you understand the discipline of the Lord in your life. You know, Hebrews 12 says that, that, that God disciplines every son he receives. And why? Because he loves you. That, that's the same reason you discipline your children, because you love them and you don't want them to turn out to be train wrecks. <laughs> and God loves you infinitely more than you love your children. And he disciplines his children not because he hates them, but because he loves them. Think father-child. Think father-child. That, that concept can help you understand God so much better. Can help you understand God, God's heart for you as a believer so much better. Just think of this for a second. In Luke 15, Jesus tells one of his most important parables. The story of two sons. The younger son, a prodigal, reckless, very unrighteous son and the older an angry very self-righteous son and the father in that parable is a picture of God and there's an incredibly poignant deeply emotional point in that parable when the younger prodigal son returns home he's lived a sinful very unrighteous life he's filthy when he comes back home but he returns to his father in sincere broken-hearted repentance and how does the father respond luke 15 20 while the son was still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him And Jesus is teaching us about God the Father. Right there. God the Father's heart for every single sinner who has repented and come to Him in faith through Jesus Christ. (laughs) God sees you coming, has compassion on you, runs to you, embraces you, and God the Father kisses you. And, and please, please hear me on this. Those of you who are believers, you, you're trusting in Christ today. If God the Father did that for you when you were at your worst, filthy, unrighteous, a sinner, at your worst, and He saw you and ran to you and embraced you and kissed you, He will not stop doing it now. 
He loves you. If he's embraced you in that manner, he is still embracing you in that manner. He is still kissing you with the kiss of favor. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's God's heart for you, believer. Perfect father with his child. And man, listen, as a believer, you must now actually begin to believe that. And there's the rub. We rush past the word father way too often. We hear it in our minds. I heard it in my mind for years, probably 20 years in my Christian walk. But you know how when a coin goes into a coin machine, you got to bang on the thing to get the coin to drop? (laughs) Well, that little father piece, it doesn't drop very easily in a lot of our hearts. And God the Father over time has to bang on you to get that thing to drop down into your heart. And all of a sudden it explodes inside of you. God is my Father. I'm His child. He loves me. No matter what, He loves me. And and do you know what happens when, when, when that begins to drop further into your heart? Guess what happens? You begin to love You begin to love because love in equals love out. And when the Father's heart begins to flood your soul, it begins to flow out of you in love for God and love for other people. God, God a Father for us, man. I just wonder sometimes how much we actually get that. You really got to kind of labor for that. In your Christian life. And you know why it's so hard, I think, for a lot of us? Because a lot of us have had very bad fathers. Earthly fathers. Now, I think, relatively, I had a very good father. Loved me. Came to all my things. I knew my father always cared for me. He still does. And yet, my father was not perfect. I'm not a perfect father. My kids can stand up and tell you that. I won't let them. they could tell you that I am not a perfect father nobody here has had a perfect father and we hear oh God is our father and instantly you kind of picture him like your father oh well my kids think well God must be kind of stingy at times then he's impatient he's harsh with us sometimes and maybe you feel that and you hear God is a father to you and you think back and you say God God is abusive God is hateful God deserts his kids. We have this distorted view of God as a father. And it takes time for that to be healed. There's a father wound in all of us. And the Bible says God is your father and your heart just sees it twisted. But over time, God can work on you. And I would encourage you right now to go to the Father. I was doing it again this week, just saying, Father, penetrate my heart. Teach me, open that up to me, that you are a perfect Father and I'm your child because that rocks your world. That absolutely rocks your world, changes the way you see everything. God is your Father. Lord, change us with that. Help us. Sanctify our hearts and our minds with that. And here's the thing, when it comes to prayer... God wants you to pray like a, fa- like a child to a father. Jesus says when you pray, say father. And do you see how that could change your prayer life? I mean, I probably don't even need to flesh it out. I mean, if you, you really feel in your heart that the father loves you at all times, that he just cares for you, that his compassion for you is infinite, He's infinitely tender towards you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And if you start to wander from him, guess what he's going to do? He's going to pull you back. Your eternal salvation, Christian, is not ultimately dependent upon you. Yes, if I walk down the street with my kids, I will tell them, don't run off into traffic. You'll get run over by a truck. And I want them to learn to stay close to me. 
But guess whose responsibility it ultimately is to keep my kids away from the trucks? Mine. And if my kid strays too close to a truck, I will yank him back because I love him. Because I love him. God does the same for his kids. And can you see how this would revolutionize your prayer life if that dropped deeper in your heart and you did truly believe that God loves me, a perfect father. I'm his child. Man, you know Jesus when he prayed to God the Father? (laughs) He used this incredible word, very special word, Jesus called his father Abba. It's amazing when you think about it in Jesus' day, that Aramaic word Abba, it was this very tender, it was this very loving word that very young children would often use for their earthly fathers. That Aramaic word Abba basically meant something like Papa. That's how Jesus dressed his father. And here's the crazy thing though. Once you become a believer, that's how God now wants you to address him in prayer. Look at this, Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And catch what Paul said right there. God sent the spirit of his son Jesus into your heart Christian you have the spirit of Jesus Christ living in your heart and Jesus who always called his father Abba now wants to cry out of you Abba Papa Father I mean, it's imperative in your prayers that you learn to interact with God as Abba. Yes, God is the judge of all the earth. But he's your father who loves you very, very much. Yes, God should be rightly feared and reverenced by you at all times. God is your father and he loves you. He's your Abba, he's your perfect father. And in your prayer, you must learn to pray like a child to a father. Uh, I, I said last week that throughout this series I would kind of mention some books to you that have been helpful to me in prayer. You may want to pick up some of these books and hopefully the Lord will use them in your own heart and life. Uh, I recommended one to you last Sunday. Another one I would recommend to you is a book by Paul Miller called The Praying Life. Praying Life by Paul Miller. And Miller, man, he does an excellent job in there of just laying out what it means for to pray like a child. And Miller, Miller says this near the start of his book. He says, we all have much to learn about praying, for sure. But by coming like a little child to our Father, we have learned the very heart of prayer. The very heart of prayer is coming to Almighty God like a little child, to a father. So really, for just a a few minutes here today now, and and also next Sunday, I'm just going to think about praying like a child. If we're supposed to pray like a child, what what is that to pray like a child? And I want to mention um, today and next Sunday four characteristics of a child that I think are absolutely critical in a believer's prayer life. I'll mention two to you very quickly today and mention the other two next Sunday. Four characteristics, four childlike characteristics that are critical in a believer's prayer life. And the first characteristic uh, that's important when it comes to praying like a child, I believe, is using the talk of a child in prayer. The talk of a child. Praying like a child as 
a believer to a perfectly heavenly, perfect heavenly father means for one thing, I believe, that you use the talk of a child in your prayers. And using the talk of a child in your prayers, it can mean several different things. For starters, I think it, it just means that you use simple words like a child in your prayers. Man, I don't know what in the world this thing is that tends to come upon Christians when we pray. Before you pray, you sound like a natural person, a normal individual, and all of a sudden you start praying, you seriously sound like a 15th century Franciscan monk. <laughs> you sit down at McDonald's, hey dude, how you doing, man? Hey buddy, good to see you, how's your family? Oh man, sorry about that. You watch the Vikings, hey, you ready to, you ready to eat this, the, the, these, these quarter pounders here? Let's pray. You bow your head and all of a sudden, what in the world comes out of your mouth, almighty God and Father? Father <laughs> of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know because you've done it. <laughs> verily, verily, I beseech thee to look upon the humble estate of thy servants and bestow, bestow upon us now thy most bounteest of all thy glorious blessings. And do thee, we pray, bless these quarter pounders. What is that? Honestly, I've heard people in services do that. You know the guy, he's normal. Hey, good to see you, stands up front, and you're like, are you one of the seraphim from <laughs> the Holy of Holies? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> are you joking? Really? Listen, if my kids came up and talked to me like that, I'd either think they had malaria or were possessed with a demon. <laughs> Come out, Legion. What happened to my kid? Oh, Father, I do beseech thee now. <laughs> my word. You know, I can tell you what that is most of the time. You ready? Here it is. Pride. And God hates it. And God will oppose it in our lives. It's pride. It's, it's self-righteousness. It's hypocrisy. You're either trying to impress God with your fancy words or you're trying to impress the person sitting across the table from you. But either way, it's pride. It's definitely not the humble, simple talk of a child. No t child talks like that to his or her father. Man, listen to a little child in conversation. And sometimes they, they just use simple words. <laughs> Normal words that they know and, and that they understand, not trying to impress. And man, if you want to learn how to pray, you have to learn to talk more like a child. And not just when other people are around, but by yourself. No, prayer is a conversation. A child with a father. Just use simple language. And you know, my children, they come to me and they use simple language and talk to me. I don't scold them. Oh, you should have used better words. <laughs> no, you just like to hear your child talk. Come on, just talk. <laughs> I have a very simple guideline for prayer for you. Here it is. If you don't use a certain word in normal conversation in your daily life with your spouse, your kids, your friends... Do not use it in prayer. Listen, if you use the word beseech with your wife, <laughs> I do beseech thee, dear wife, then please use it in prayer because I guess that's who you are. <laughs> Good to know you. Uh, but listen, if you don't use it with your wife, don't use it with God. Don't use it with him. Don't. <laughs> that was the filter in my brain stopping me from saying <laughs> what I was going to say. Oh, as I get older, the filter's getting better. <laughs> Man, I had no filter when I was young. Oh, so anyway, use the talk of child in using the talk of child in your prayers for one thing. I think it, it just means you use simple words, use simple language in your prayers, and, and I think it also means that you're free to ramble. You're free to ramble in your prayers. If you're a child talking to a father, ramble away. You know, I think we think we, you got to have this perfect structure when you come to God Almighty and it's laid out. I got to go and follow this thing. Okay, it's not bad to have structure in prayer. If some of you have rambled your whole life. You need a structure. You need to get somewhere in your prayers. But listen, most of you just need to feel the freedom to ramble with God your Father. That, that's what little kids do around 
their parents. We have one particular child who will remain nameless, who can go from one subject to another, rambling over some 52 different subjects in about 60 seconds with, without hardly taking a breath. So I saw this turtle, Daddy, that had this big neck. You know, I can make my neck big like Hulk. Now, Daddy, why is the Hulk green? The, turtles are green. Is the Hulk a turtle? <laughs> yeah. Does God love Satan? <laughs> a true question. I need a popsicle. And that, that's, it's just this rambling stream of consciousness. That's, that's how little kids talk. And, and again, parents don't scold when their kids ramble. You just love to hear your kids talk. You just love to hear their voice. Wow, that kid covered 52 subjects in 60 seconds. That is really amazing. I love this kid. Man, and your heavenly father also loves to hear you ramble. Hear what's on your mind. He doesn't mind if you wander all over the place. He doesn't mind at all. <laughs> you know, prayer, it, it, it's a conversation. It's a conversation with God. And you think about it. Do you structure your conversations with people that much? I mean, next time you're at a restaurant, look, look at the people in the table next to you, good friends or husband and wife. That's not a structured conversation. <laughs> no, it like bounces. This subject, this subject, this subject, this subject, this. And it's like fun, man. It's like kind of this meandering walk through, through, through a meadow somewhere. And that's conversation. God doesn't expect anything different from you. It's okay just to talk. It's okay just to, just to ramble before God. Use simple words. I think talking like a child, use simple words. You're free to ramble in prayer. And you know what? You're also free to ask things in prayer. <laughs> a little child who talks to his father or mother for any length of time, <laughs> that child is going to ask for some things <laughs> with persistence. We have an adorable uh, little child in our life group, uh, and he will ask you a million different times, what's that? What's that? What's that? And some of you know the little child over and over again. My youngest daughter, Sophia, she's now three. She's learned to play some little computer games on my iPad. It's actually really cute to see a three-year-old like playing this computer game. And man, once she starts asking me to play a game, on the iPad, she does not quit. Ever, 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 she does not quit. And she almost always gets to do it because I love my daughter. And I love to let her have that good thing that she enjoys doing. Kids ask for things is what they do. And you know what? God never gets tired of you asking either. Jesus says this in Luke eleven nine. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and will be open to you. And the idea there is that you ask with persistence. You ask and you keep asking. And that's like a child to a father. So that's one thing I think that, that, that just um, um, praying like a child means. It means that you use the talk of a child. Simple words and, and um, rambling if you need to. Different things like that. Lasting just very quickly. Second characteristic of a child that's so important in prayer, you must learn to pray with the honesty of a child. The honesty of a child. Do you know when a child, when your child comes to talk to you, <laughs> your child doesn't try to clean himself up first or herself? Your child doesn't hide anything from you? <laughs> your child is just there, man. If your child is messy before she talks to you, she's messy when she talks to you. She doesn't clean herself up for first. My daughter Sophia this week walked into my office, just kind of marched in, marched in boldly, half dressed with with either white sour cream or. <laughs> Something gooey everywhere. <laughs> Hands, face, just pasted in her hair. Here I am, Daddy. Can I play with your iPad? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, as soon as you go through a car wash, you can play with my iPad. She didn't care. She, she came messy. She, that's, how to, that's an honest heart of a child. This is who I am. 
And God wants you to come to Him like that in prayer. Come to Him just as you are. If you're messy right now as a child of God, you have this sin goo all over you. Do not try to clean yourself up before going to God. Do not come to God and try to hide it with all kinds of fancy words like beseech. Come to God as you are. An honest heart. The honesty of a child. This is who I am, Father. I'm an absolute mess right now. He knows it already. And He loves you. He loves you. You know, the crazy thing is that Christians know that that in order to be a Christian, you got to come just as you are. You just bring your sin to God and you ask Him to forgive you in Jesus' name and He forgives you. We know the principle, but in prayer we try to clean ourselves up. It's like prayer is the last bastion of legalism. Let it go. He loves you in Christ. Go to Him as you are. The talk of a child to a father who loves you and the honesty of a child. Tell him who, let him see who you are. Tell him. Be honest about your feelings. If you're scared, tell him. If you're anxious, tell him. If you don't know what to do, tell him. Just talk to him. And I encourage you to do that this week, okay? I really do encourage you throughout this series, don't wait to the end to start praying. Start praying right now. And I encourage you this week, start practicing praying like a child to a Father who loves you. And as you do that, the Father will teach you more about prayer. But I think more importantly, He will open your heart up so you really do begin to believe that He loves you. A perfect Father for a child. Father, we just ask for your help with this. We don't know how to do these things in and of ourselves. We are, Lord, in so many ways like little children, just helpless. We we can't see straight, don't know what to do. Lost so many times, Lord God. And as we get older, we lose sight of the fact that we are very helpless and lost and confused and just pray, Lord, you'd, you'd show us that again. We really are like little children, and in Christ, we are loved. Your little children, you love us. You love us. You love us. Father, will you open our hearts to that this week? And Father, will you help us with the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to pray to you like children to a father? And in those prayer times, Lord God, I trust that you will change us. You will help us to believe those things and we will begin to live in the light of those things. Thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen.